Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the football bit. How are we doing today? Yeah, we're good. Good, good. Uh, right. So we're joined with our guest today. Tony Marola is down in the bottom corner. Thank you very much for joining us today, matey. Uh, I know it's quite early in the morning over in America, so uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for getting me out of bed early. <laughs> uh, it's eight o'clock over here right now in the morning, and it takes me like an hour to get to the school. So um, yeah, I was up basically. Sat, see, fat, seemed like the middle of the night. I got up not early in the morning. So appreciate that, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, mate. Anytime. Anytime. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, being a Wrexham lad over in America, there's only one place to start. And, you know, the biggest news, you know, which put Wrexham on the map, really, is the takeover. Firstly, how did you um, how did you react to the takeover? Thought it was uh, I thought it was Christmas and my birthday come at once, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, because since I've been over here, obviously, I came over here in 2011 working for um for, for, for Liverpool, for their international academy, mm. but sort of indirectly, you know, um, always trying to sort of, you know, introduce Wrexham and who they were, because that's my club, it's my, yeah. you know, our, our hometown, played for them, worked for them. I was actually born in Wrexham as well. Um, so when the takeover come, it was just like, this is really going to um, educate people into who Wrexham are, because mm. I used to get people to Google it, and they were like, no, you never played for Wrexham. I, well, no, I made me debut when I was 17, but no, 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 I've Googled it. I can't find the club. But they were starting it with an R-E-X. So it was yeah. actually trying to explain them. Like, no, 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 no. It starts with a W. And so, um, so when it took up, when it, you know, when it came out, I was just like so excited. Most, more excited for the, the people and the supporters because I know that these guys over here are, are, are pretty huge. And when they were talking, and mentioning like the race course ground in sentences and conversations, I'm going, this is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, you're right. It's going to put us on the map and it has, and yeah, it will. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, it's exciting to see where, you know, where, where it goes. Yeah. Um, like I know for, I know for me and, and us three, uh, all together, really, when the news was announced, you know, I live just down the road from Wrexham, uh, Darren and George live in Wrexham. Um, it was just like it was the Ivor Williams ad that they did. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, that was. Yeah. You're just sitting there and you're like, "What is this? This is real? Like, this isn't fake, is it?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how was it received stateside? Because obviously they're huge names, and they're, um, you know, Ryan Reynolds. You know, everyone knows Ryan Reynolds. Rob McElhenney, You know, massive. Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, huge show on Netflix. How was their takeover received over in America? Uh, to be fair, the, the very the, the beginning of it, I was thinking, nah, not many people are gonna take that much interest in it. If I'm completely, you know, it's more so for the for the people of of North Wales and well, for the whole of Wales, really, for the whole of, of football. Remember, if I say soccer, just cut me out <laughs> straight away. I'm getting used to saying football and soccer and doing these types of stuff. Um, I didn't think it really catch on. I, th- I think it would help me in the position that I'm in to educate the kids and the players, both male and female, that I'm working with. Mm. Uh, so from a selfish perspective, I thought it might make my job easier when I drop my baby off at school in a Wrexham gear, you know, <laughs> you know who, who who we are now. But something happened one night. We have a, a major channel over here, uh, ABC News, which basically dominates the whole new... We have local broadcasters that do the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. But I put this ABC on one night and it was on there. It was like the second or third 
um, news story, you know, yeah. uh, Hollywood superstars by, uh, by Welsh club. And then it was just, here we go. Here we go. It's not just going to be, it's, 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 it's going, it's, it's going national because these guys are superstars. Mm. And it was, uh, that, that, that was the night when I was like, and, and the second thing was we have a radio station over here. That's another national one. Uh, the wife was driving to work and she called me and she goes literally a few days after the, it had been announced. Yeah. And she's like, you're not going to believe, you're not going to believe this. I've just been listening to, uh, Spencer Harris on, on the radio. So she's driving to work to, to Dallas in Dallas. And she's hearing like, here they come, they might teach. <laughs> you have to pull over and call me and say, can you believe this is happening? And I'm like, yeah, I can. Yeah, because I've always known what the potential the club can can do and where we can go. And it just needed someone like this. I'm, listen, boys, Kieran, you're going to have to stop me at times. I just get so freaking excited about. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, you keep going. You keep going. <laughs> because it's just, you know, I'm not sure if you can see in the, the back of my football office here, you know, I've got the Wrexham pennants. I've got a massive Wrexham Texan flag, which I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to later. But Absolutely, yeah. It's, 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 it's great. I love it. It's, it's so surreal, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure there'll be people over in America watching this. Um, you know, Wrexham, before the takeover, you had people in, 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 like, in like England and like people that follow like your big Premier League teams, like your Liverpools, your Uniteds, them sorts of teams. They didn't know who Wrexham were. So, you know, it's not only putting Wrexham on the map sort of nationally as well as, like, across the world. So, you know, like, they were on BBC and ITV, you know, they're the big channels over in the UK. So that was pretty <laughs> surreal as well to see them on there. Um, and to the maddest part as well, there's a pub owner I know in Wrexham. And I was on, going on Twitter someday, um, and it was he was giving an interview for some American TV channel. I was like, oh, my God, that's mental. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you mentioned, you mentioned your, your, obviously, your love for Wrexham. What does Wrexham itself mean to you? Um, where do I start? We probably we could probably do another. You mean like the town or the or, or the or the club? The club. The club. the club is you cut me. You know when people say, "Oh, you cut me open, you cut me in half," and you know I'll bleed. The, you, I, I, I'm one. I, I would be one of those people because um, it it's got more of, especially being in America now. It makes home feel closer when your club is being bounced around and talked about in dispatches and it's just um i'm you know it means so much to me because i'm i'm sort of linking it with my job now i'm linking i've still got good contacts you know with obviously with, with keatsy with dan nolan we're doing a lot of stuff with the school with the rcf i could have easily picked some links up with with other clubs that i've got some sort of higher profile but this is this is more um, authentic to me because it's my it's my club, you yeah. know. And then I just get goose pimples when you see things on on YouTube, and I just can't the, for the supporters and the people of the community. They're the ones that I'm so delighted for, and people like myself because mm. we've been on a rough journey, you know. The last, you know, I, I fortunately I was there. As a YTS, as, as as a player, in 1992, you know, when we had promotion, I was a first year apprentice when you know Gary Bennett and Steve Walken, you know, we, we went down to Northampton and, and and got promotion there, and it's just to potentially have those days coming back with some investors who seem like they care about our club just like what we do. Um, I'm just 
yeah, I'm just so delighted. I'm so happy for, for everybody involved in the club. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the community as well. I don't know when the last time you went to Wrexham or, or how much you know about Wrexham, or what it's like at the minute. Um, but the town itself, and Darren and George will back me up on this one, so many shops and so many, like, just the high street in general, it's so it's so dead now and it's so quiet and there's not a lot going on. I think this will sort of inject a little bit of life back into the place itself. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, Darren, you go to you go to a lot of Wrexham games. Um, you know, obviously you've not been since takeover. What's the atmosphere like? You know, the atmosphere wasn't great at times. Oh, it was it was awful sometimes, especially last season mostly because the way we were performing. But I think now with this takeover that's happening, it's going to be hopefully get a lot more fans, like a lot more younger fans watching as well. Mm. So going to see, oh, you know, I'll, I'll go and watch Manu on TV. Think, oh, spend a tenner, go and watch Wrexham with the race cars. Yeah, you know, it'd be nice for the whole community to, you know, to get involved in the club now. Yeah, even for people like me, like obviously I'm I'm a United fan. Um, and like, I've always, <laughs> I'm I've sorry, always... <laughs> <laughs> I've always sort of locked how Wrexham are doing. You know, I've always checked the score, but I'd never go and say that I'm a Wrexham fan. Um, but like, you know, it's like it genuinely feels, and I've said this before, and it genuinely feels like there's something really exciting happening, and there's something building there. Like I, I'll, I'll like since a takeover, they're doing this live streaming service now, um, and I've watched loads of the games on there. So it's it's it's, it's a nice. I don't know. It feels like there's something exciting happening. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, it's so difficult for me to watch to, to watch the the games. It's because we're six hours behind over here. So normally, when the games are at three o'clock, um, if I'm not coaching on the weekends, we get up at you know the kickoffs are at nine o'clock. It's great for me. Um, it was de- it was difficult for me to try and watch Wrexham games, but now with the live stream, like you said, uh, and what I've seen is week by week. The ground actually getting tidied up. It looks mm. pretty neat, you know, with like the uh, the advertise the you know the the boards around the side, uh, the the field. It just looks a lot cleaner and fresher week by week. So um, I just you know I'm showing my daughter the games and, and stuff, and she sits with me. She's only three and a half, so she brought she gets mm. bored after ten minutes. <laughs> but um, I get that watching United, mate. <laughs> yeah, me too. To be fair, uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, but it's uh, it's it, yeah, I just can't wait for the supporters to get to get back in and just get that atmosphere up up and running again and just yeah. um, you, you know and I'm, I'm sure that's the, 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 the case for for football in general, isn't it? You know, the game is nothing without the supporters and mm. be interesting to get the the players take on it right now. You know how how it's been with with no supporters there. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so let's move on to this sort of season. You know, obviously Wrexham are battling for. Um, promotion and they're they're sort of toying with the playoff places. How what what do you what do you rate their chances of getting uh getting into the playoffs this season and and ultimately going into the football league again? Well, I think the manager. I think Keaty said it a few a few days ago. It's in their own hands. You know, they've got obviously with the results that happened last night. It's you know, I think obviously they've fallen out, but it's it's not as if we're seven, eight points with six games to go when we're relying on other on, on other teams, on other, on, on other teams. Yeah, we've got, you, it's like a it's promotion or the playoffs, it's like a horse race, isn't it? As long as you're in that hunting pack towards the end, um, you know, they, they've got a chance and they're hitting, you know, some, some good for It's a good time to be, uh, you know, winning some games and it looks like they, they're being, diff- they're difficult to beat right now. And once you get in the playoffs, you know, I really fancy our chances. We can beat anybody on our day from what 
I've not seen all the games, but I've seen what I have seen is we'll go toe to toe on on our day. It's whether we can sustain that over over the course of ten games. So if you can get in the playoffs, put it this way: if we get, I'm confident we'll get in the playoffs. Nobody will want to play us in the playoffs. Mm, no, well, I mean, that's it's, my it's, opinion. It's the perfect ending to the season, isn't it? You know, you've had the massive feel good of the takeover, and then you know promotion to finish it off, getting back into the football league. It's just a perfect story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously the conference is one of the hardest leagues, if not the hardest league in the football pyramid in England to get out of. Um, so, we'll, 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 like, talking about Wrexham again, if I was to say to you, where would you love to see the club in five years? What would you be like? What would your your plan be for the five years of Wrexham? What would you, where would you like to see it? You've, you've got to reach for the skies, but you've, got, you've also got to be a little bit realistic. So, you know, where do I... You, you've got to say, you know, pushing, pushing for the championship. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, we want to be in the Champions League, and you know, that's potentially a bigger picture. But you know, I think the the first step is we can't look too far ahead. I think the first and immediate response is, you know, get out, get out, get out of this division because that obviously then opens up a little bit more funding and more money for for the youth departments and stuff. So uh, in five years, there's no and. You know, we always say we have the the potential from a fan base to be, you know, championship and stuff, but that's not effectively going to get us into the championship. Having that fan base, we have to believe in the in the process, believe in the the management, believe in the coaching staff, believe in the recruitment that we can go and get those players who want to wear the the, the badge mm. um, and want to represent the club. So, so for me, yeah, just you look at some of the clubs that have have moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't got you know big crowds that watch us. So, so for me, yeah, it'd be championship. Why can't we do something that Swansea and Cardiff because have done when I was when I was in the youth team and when I was a first year pro at Wrexham, we were the we were the I wouldn't say the biggest, but we were potentially the biggest. We were beating Swansea and Cardiff on a regular basis at first team level, at youth team level, and then why why can't that happen to us? Exactly. I mean, you've got the owners there and you've got the financial backing now as well to do it. So, you know, as you said, aim for the stars. Um, One thing I will say is over the next five years, it'd be great if they can get a pre-season friendly instead of going to the Isle of Man and uh, let's come to Dallas. It's it's yeah. hot though. Yeah. It's hot. It'd be a good training. It'd be a good, and I'll speak to Keatsy, get him over here. We'll yeah. look after them. Yeah, I don't imagine you'd be following Darren. We're both ginger, so uh, yeah, the hate doesn't agree with us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, be <laughs> uh, so it's perfect segue this you mentioned Dallas um, one of the things I saw on Twitter it was about oof, two or three weeks ago now it was a video you put up of your students singing the Wrexham song uh, <laughs> with the Wrexham Texans flag yeah. now that's that's another thing that was mental to all of us like I think we spoke about it on the podcast a little bit um, like uh, talk a bit about the Wrexham Texans um there's not much to talk about, really. It's 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 something that my wife actually came up with, an idea, um, and I told this story. You know, she had a, a she had an idea once. She wanted to create a high end um, pram or a, you know the boogies, yeah, yeah, and she wanted to call it the uh, a pram bikini. <laughs> right. And I'm like, babes, that ain't gonna. That's not gonna. That's not gonna go down. I, I like it. And then she just said, 
we were talking about soccer, football, sorry. And she's like, yeah. And she like called me like the Wrexham Texan because it rhymed. Mm. Um, and it sort of stuck. So when it's I got, got this nice job, it. it has like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when I got this, this job, you know, at the high school where I'm, you know, where, where I'm working now, we have a lot of students. I oversee the football, the, the soccer program for the Americans, mm. football, you know, UK. And we have like almost 70 kids in our program who like the game, love the game. They're playing, they're developing, we're using. And they, they, they didn't really have a team. They didn't really have a Madrid or they didn't really have yeah. a Liverpool. And I'm going, there's a little niche here. Mm. So obviously, they, you know, my background, I was incorporating into their lessons, uh, the history of the football club of Wrexham, you know, they were doing uh, quizzes and essays on our famous FA Cup mm. and against Arsenal. And it just sort of snowballed from there um, that I wanted to watch Wrexham games. They know who they are. Yeah. They were asking me, you know, hey, where can we get merchandise from? Where can I get a scarf from? So the Wrexham Texans sort of was always something that I had up and running. But then I'm just trying to incorporate that now into sort of creating some type of supporters group here in Dallas where kids on the weekend, instead of them watching, you know, the Premier League, they're getting up nine o'clock in the morning to watch, you know, Wrexham v Kings Lynn or hopefully next year, you know, Wrexham v, v Stockport or, you know, whoever it is. So the yeah. Wrexham Texan is more of a tongue in cheek, cheesy thing that sort of got a little bit of traction. I think the first video I put on Kieran, we had like nearly like 30,000 views on Twitter. Mm. Now, I watched it 27,000 times. <laughs> so, um, but it was just, you know, people are looking at it and people are going, right, Rex, Rexham, who who are they? And they're intrigued by it, which is the whole point of, of getting that up and running. Yeah, I mean, I credit to you. It's awesome to see, you know, people from Rexham as well. It's, it's, it's awesome to see that, you know, spread into America. It's, it's, it's just really nice to see. Um. Now, we'll, we'll move away from Rex touch. You mentioned working at Liverpool. Um, how was that? Like, working with Liverpool, how was that? Um, it was It was probably, when was it now? About seven, eight years ago. So the game over here has evolved so, so much. And you might be thinking it's, um, you know, it was Liverpool, but it was the international academy part. Yeah, yeah. So Liverpool are all over, all over the world. And you'd think, oh, it'd be pretty easy to educate but even even Liverpool five six seven years ago here in Dallas people sort of knew who who they were and the history of the club but we still had to sort of educate parents into yeah. the philosophy of the club um the the history the successes and it was only when you start to talk about the club um and then linking their curriculum to the players that that we had access to, mm. parents started to go, oh, right. You know, then they start watching the game and start watching, you know, the, the, the Premier League. Um, and also for me, it was good because we used to, I, I, I would get one visit a year where we'd go back to Liverpool to the academy, yeah. spend the week with them, look at all their resources and then bring that back into the Dallas market and implement that in, into here, which mm. it exploded really because not only were we in Dallas, with, with, with the International Academy at Liverpool, it then spread to different clubs that were in Florida and then in San Jose and then in Michigan. And it just went, you know, you know, it just went, it went, it went huge. Mm. Um, so, so from that, and I think they came over one summer and they did a tour over here. So yet again, it just got a lot of interest in, um, in, in, 
in Liverpool at the time, but also a lot of interest in in, in the game. So yeah, I was um, say, like a big huge. club like Liverpool coming over there, and you know the players out at the time as well. You know your Steven Gerrards. You know everyone knows Steven Gerrard. Yeah, um, I imagine that helped grow the game and make football a bit more because obviously it's not the main sport in America. Um, I think it's like fifth or sixth, isn't it? Um, I'd probably say it's fourth. I'd probably say it's getting bums on seats. You know, you look at, um, we have a club here in, in the MLS, in town, FC Dallas, who, you know, when I first came over here, they were getting 6,000, 7,000 people. Uh, they're, they're probably getting 15,000, 16,000 now. So when people say the MLS over here, oh, it's rubbish, or mm. the quality of play, the quality of players are pretty, they're, they're decent, you know. Yeah. And, you know, they're getting purpose-built stadiums over here. Uh, and I'd probably say the attendances are on par with the championship because there's mass amounts of people. I live in a, a small a, a suburb 30 miles north of downtown Dallas. Hmm. Um, and we have we have 200,000 people. That's one suburb. We have a suburb next yeah, to us man. that uh, has 170, 180,000 people. Hmm. So you're Jesus. probably looking at nearly half a million people in two... The country's massive yeah. and the game of football is just so accessible to so many people over here, lads. It's just, if you ever get over here, 10 years ago, I was flying in to see my sister who lived in Fort Worth and all I could see was uh, baseball fields everywhere or American mm. football fields. Yeah, yeah. About three years ago, when I flew home and came back, there's football fields, soccer fields everywhere. Mm. It's just because it's cheaper to play. Yeah. And it's so accessible. But you boys, you played in the streets of Wrexham and on, and on the fields. I I done the same. Jumpers for goalposts. Yes. Kids are doing it. Kids are doing that in the playground. They're playing like fifteen v fifteen. It's thirty kids, fifty and putting jumpers down, anything they can do just just to play and I'm going Let's get some Wrexham shirts to these guys because yeah. it's mad. That's nice as well. I think that's going to help grow the game because it's it's that sort of it's that sort of innocence of football, isn't it? It's you know, in some countries where it's quite because it's still a relatively new sport over in America. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the players now, I don't think they've grown up with that sort of experience of having you know that many people involved in football around them, and and that as I said, that innocence of growing up as a football fan. Um, but what I think what you're finding now, I think what 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 I'm finding over here now is that. You've had for ten years. You've had the kids that the kids that are playing. Their parents have played high school or Division One, yeah. so they're going to be playing. So that when they graduate out, their kids are going to be playing. You see, because every kid that plays mm -hmm. baseball or football, their parents have played that. Whereas now, parents of kids have been playing been playing the game. So, hopefully, you know that that continues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one thing I've got to say, as you know, MLS gets televised over here every now and again on your BT Sports. Okay. And stuff. Um, the, the they make such a day of it, and it looks like such a like a family affair. And I it think is. that's something we do miss over in in, in yeah. like in football in this country, um, because you know you've got these tailgate parties and you've got performances yeah. at halftime, and it does look like an awesome spectacle. Um, and I think that obviously is going to help grow the game as, as well because it's just an event, isn't it? It's yeah, it it is, and it gets. It's a day out for the family, and it's mm. pretty accessible. Like you said, you know, it's it's accessible. It's not as if you've got to wait two or three weeks to get a game to get a ticket at Anfield, or yeah. you got to go to Old Trafford. It's it, you know, it's 
it's it's pretty decent and then the tailgating parties are just I can you know it, oh it is because yeah and, and you suppose you have the weather as well for it mm. although right now driving in we're actually on a, a little bit of a tornado warning oh, dear. um which is crazy which i only thought things like that happen in the wizard of oz <laughs> um but really it's it's this time of the year you know with the cold and the warm weather i mean mm. it's it's pretty it's pretty scary but um but yeah it's good yeah, unfortunately, over in Rex, and we don't have that sort of uh, excitement. Um, I can tell, lads. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, lads, you've all got a nice little bit of a suntan there, haven't you? <laughs> well, as did the as sun I come can. out for a day or something last week? Uh, we had a few days of sun, to be fair. It was nice. Yeah, it's gone. It came, it came out for 10 minutes. <laughs> you got some nice farmer's tans there, boys. <laughs> well, you know. I was um, obviously listening to what you said about working with a pool and being over there. Now, what was the. Um, the general consensus of Americans with the whole proposed ESL takeover the Super League was there much buzz about that, or not really talked about a lot? No, they're not really educated. They, they didn't understand. I don't think they understand how it worked. I don't think I understood how it how how it could how it could work. Um, but yeah, they, it, that wasn't really it wasn't discussed um, in 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 that perspective because it doesn't really affect that many. Um, that many genuine supporters, should I say? Mm. But um, I should imagine, like you know, the the uneducated people who, or not uneducated, the, the the soccer supporters or football supporters over here, probably some of them would have would have liked to have seen something like that, because that's the model on how uh, the NFL and basketball work. Mm. So, for example, you got the Dallas Cowboys over here, who. You know, with five games to go last year, they, they had no chance of, of getting the playoffs. So they had five games where it's like, well, why, well, why would you play? You know, so they play the New York Jets. But on the flip side of that, they're still getting 95,000 people in the, in, in, you know, in the stadium to watch that for a game that's not really, uh, you know, mean any, wouldn't mean anything. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't perceived that, that much over here, if I'm honest. But, uh, it, it certainly didn't have a backlash, backlash like it did, like it did back in the UK. Mm. Oh God, it was awful. There were protests everywhere. What was that? Oh, yeah, it was a nightmare. Um, but I mean, I, to be fair, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I can see how you know people that aren't supporters in this country didn't understand the backlash it'd have on you know supporters in this country. I can understand why that would be such a cool spectacle for them. Because, you know, like, how often do you get to watch Man United play Real Madrid or Liverpool play Barcelona? Um, and it's almost like, because they have a lot of pre-season tournaments in America where these teams come over, and the attendance in them is absolutely mental. I, I think I remember about, this must have been about four or five years ago now, we played Real Madrid in a pre-season friendly. And there was about 150,000 people in the stadium. Yeah, that was in Michigan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a couple that of was years our... back, we played with each other, didn't we? Liverpool United, because we go there quite often, because obviously because of the owners, mm. we go very often to America, and it's just mad. The numbers of fans that turn up for these friendlies is crazy. Yeah, again, you got you got you got a mass a mass amount of people that want to go and see these these players. You know, they don't get to to see to see you know international superstars live that much. So when there's an opportunity. For them to come in their backyard, you know they'll they'll do it. Exactly, yeah, definitely. Um, what was your reaction to the Super League then? Did you did you sort of understand what it meant for uh, what it meant for football and, and what it could have meant for Wrexham as well? 
Um, I wasn't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of it uh, because I could see the the bigger picture for the for the pyramid. You know, it just seemed as if like the rich were going to be getting a little bit richer and players, more so players and supporters at the lower at the lower levels um, would have would have suffered. Now, if the ESL would have come out and said um, we'll double every club's funding, championship and below, and we'll give National League top ten clubs or something, you know, X amount of money, it might have been a different story because. Mm. You know that that sort of safeguards players because you know everyone sees players as, as as professional soccer football players, but it's their job, it's their livelihood. They have bills yeah. to pay, and this could have affected. You know, um, luckily for us at Wrexham, you know, I don't think it would have it wouldn't have affected that many, but it could have affected teams and players and clubs around us, which in turn, you know, would be would be cat you know cat catastrophical really. You know if a club that we rely on to play, you know, over Christmas, which would boost our attendance. If they were to go out of business, that in turn hurts, hurts our pockets as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I've noticed when you've been speaking a bit, you've been correcting yourself saying soccer. How difficult when you first moved over to America, how difficult was it to not call it football and to sort of, obviously it's known as soccer over there. So how difficult is it to sort of change between the two? Um, it was more of a. It was, it was more. It's more of a respect thing. Mm. Um, I wanted to come over here and change the whole landscape and go. No, football's football. That's yeah. why you call American football American football. But to Americans, it's it's soccer, and that's that's something that I have to sort of. I have respected. Um, now I get a lot of stick off my mates. When I do say, I'm my family members as well, especially when I do Zoom calls. Mm. Um, at home, my wife corrects me when I say soccer. <laughs> she goes, so do you mean football? My wife's American. I married an American. Yeah. So um, how, how hard is it? You learn to deal with it, mm. you know, especially the environments that you're in. They know in the school here that when I say football, they, they, know, what, they know what I mean. Yeah. But when I'm being professional in, in meetings, it's... It's soccer, but it was yeah. The first few months was was was, was pretty difficult to be fair. Mm. So again, on the topic of sort of transitions, how was it going from working within the UK in football to working, you know, stateside in football, and, and what sort of differences were there? Um, the biggest thing was I left. I, um, I was at, actually at Wrexham. I overseen the with uh, with Jonah with Lee Jones. He was the RCF manager. I was obviously, you know, the boys and girls development officer. And, um, you know, leaving there to go in, and obviously at the Centre of Excellence, I was coaching, I think, the under-15s and 16s at the time. I think Jordan Davis was actually in the in, in the group when I left. Yeah. He was about to become a, a YT there. Banging some um, goals in at the minute. Pardon? Banging some goals in at the minute. Yeah, no, he always had, had that. I mean, he's, you know, he's a, he's a good kid, he's a good player, so... Um, you know, I hope things work. You know, things are working out for him. Uh, the, the the biggest thing was the culture, mm. because I've gone from working with players who have got full time contracts and want to go and play pro. Yeah. Um, some of them were involved with the 16s at Wales. So suddenly coming over here working with kids who have come to a practice session and said, "Coach, can I leave 15 minutes early? Uh, I've got basketball practice. I don't yeah. want to be late." <laughs> right. I, I, are you kidding me? No, no, you're not going. And then you sort of got to give in a little bit because that's 
that that's part of the culture over here and you have yeah. to respect that. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me was going from a full-time environment, working 10 to 12 hours a day to coming over here, working three hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot more time to myself, but on the flip side of that, you miss family, you miss friends, yeah. you have a lot more time to, uh, to, to think, should I say. Um, so the culture thing was, was, was probably the, the biggest thing. Um, a match day, missing that competitive side. Even though we, we, I coach teams over here, it was actually, you know, missing going to watch, being at the race course on a Saturday afternoon, coaching yeah, the yeah. under-16s in the morning, doing your job, uh, getting over to the ground, seeing the warm-ups, having that, having that experience of, of, of doing that and sampling that. Didn't have, mm-hmm. don't have that over here. Um, so, so the biggest thing was, was the culture side of it, but boys, the, 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 the lifestyle, um, the accessibility that you get to different sports mm. and the facilities that they have in America are just seconds and on. I'll send you the link for, for the school that I work at now that I've been, they've got like a 60 by 40 indoor turf field. That's just, it, it's just, it's high school. You know, yeah. the high school I went to, I'd be lucky if we had nets when when we played yeah. there, you know. Yeah. And your boys, you're all, you're all the same. But over yeah. here, they're so lucky and blessed to have such great, great facilities. And I was mm-hmm. like, why do you think these top EPL, the Premier League teams come over here every exactly. every year? Yeah. You know, facilities well, I mean, are great. You, you see pictures and it just that looks absolutely picturesque. It looks just so state-of-the-art. And, you know, you've got, as you said, you mentioned what the school's got. There are some, like, professional clubs over here that don't have resources like that. So it's it's it must be such a so nice to work in that sort of environment. The inf- the infrastructures here, and I and, and I'll tell you this now in the next in the next five to ten years, the way that the the game's growing over here and the amount of American players, their athletes, they're naturally you know, I can't punish kids over here for misbehaving by saying right, uh, you've been messing about today, so you're gonna do a two mile run. As a punishment, kids yeah. go over here. Can I do three? <laughs> Whereas back home, it's like, oh no, coach, I don't want to run. I don't want to do that. So it's 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 a, it's a different type of mindset. Um, so I guarantee, you know, with the way that players are developing athletically, technically, and tactically, we you've got some really really good players that are, that are coming in over here who just want to play football, soccer. <laughs> Um, I was say a two mile run. I think I speak for all three of us. That put me on the bench for about three months. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, for me. I'd be, I'd be gone. Uh, I bet you miss a pint of Wrexham lager as well. Yes, yeah, I do. I seen some uh, some pictures yesterday with like a head on it. Like it was like you know, I'm like, geez, where's do you, do you want a flake in that? But I remember those. I remember those days. Um, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we can, you know, if we can get aviation gin over there. Mm. I'm sure if we can speak to our owners, um, and maybe I should tweet Mr. Bootlegger and see if he can uh, throw a few over my way. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, on the topic of bootlegger, it's a, a little, little, a little joke we had going a few weeks ago. Was um, obviously Ryan Reynolds taking over Wrexham now. I'd love to see bootlegger in the next Deadpool film. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Deadpool, but you know when they go into that little bar. Mm-hmm. Start like they got like, the thing at the top. I just saw Deadpool sitting at the bar 
No, not dead pie. I just want bootlegger sitting at the bar there with a pint of, pint of racks and lager. That'd be it for me. That's it. That's that's, that's all I want to say. Hey, listen, <laughs> anything's any, anything's possible right now. I, mean at the minute, I wouldn't yeah. put anything past anything right now. The year that we've had with with obviously COVID, with mm. potential ESL league, it's been a crazy. We've always we've been saying it's been a, a crazy twelve months, but it's actually been a crazy like 15, 16 months now because we're still on, on the back end of it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> that'll be decent. Yeah. Um, now listen, Tony, I know you've got to go off and do some teaching soon, so we won't keep you too much longer. Um, but I suppose I just want to end on is is what's been your your best memory working over in America, and how have you enjoying it? My best memory, uh, I've got to be careful what I say because probably the wife's going to watch this. Um, so from, <laughs> so from, a, so you know, from a from a soccer perspective, it's it's probably having access to meeting so many different players mm. and families and coaches and spreading that little bit of experience that I've that I've got. Um, so it, it it's it's having that interaction with so many people has probably been has, has been that for me. Um, the t- the takeover has been part of that because now it's making I you know our job a little bit. I wouldn't say it's my job, but it's it's making it so much more easy now for me to to explain who our club is and what we're about. Yeah, and and, and who we are. Um, but obviously the. The, the two main things are uh, meeting my wife on Valentine's Day, uh, which I keep saying to her I should have stayed in that night. Um, <laughs> and she says the same. But it's, it, you know, it's, it's being over here. My plan was to come over for three years with Liverpool, yeah. um, save a little bit of money because you can do extra stuff. You can do individual private sessions and yeah. bank that money. Three years, live the dream, come back. To, you know, I was living in Mould at the time. Uh, buy a house in Mould, put a big deposit on it, and you know, hopefully by that time, three years, 2010, Rex, I'm going to be back in the football league and get a job there. So fast forward seven years, I'm now married and skint. So <laughs> uh, that plan really worked out well. But we have a the biggest thing is my is being a dad. You know, I never thought I never thought in a million years. So to have to live in America, to have an American wife, to have the lifestyle, the culture, and to have a beautiful daughter um, who is growing up to become a Wrexham fan um, and has Wrexham shirts. And my family at Christmas send Wrexham stuff over to her. You know, that's you know that's it. And it hurts and understand and know Wrexham is the name and mm-hmm. to sing half of the song. Golden Boys, you can't buy that. You can't buy that in a exactly, sports shop. Yeah. No, so I'm very lucky. I'm, re- I'm really lucky to to do what I do. But um, the biggest thing is to be living in America, to have a healthy family, and you know I'm able to provide that by doing something that I something that I love. Hmm. Well, and you can't ask for anything more than that, can you? Um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything else. No, I was, I was going to ask what are your first your first important moment do you remember about football? You know, your first memory, your biggest memory. My biggest memory about football um, was... Whew, it's a really good question. I, you've got me stuck there a little bit. 
I think my first important memory was um, my first important memory was very much the very first Wrexham kit I had, which didn't have like an Adidas logo. It just had the Wrexham badge. And I'm going back. I'm I was born in '75, so right about 1979-1980 was the very first Wrexham kit I had, and, it, and I always remember having this silky feel to it. And then I was devastated when they put Crossville buses on it <laughs> as part of the sponsorship. And I'm like, you're ruining the, you're ruining the shirts. So I think my first memory of, of that was it's more than just playing. It's actually a, it starting to be it starting to become a business. So um, that so that my first memory was like the, the biggest scale of it is that it's not just what happens on the field. It, it, there's a lot more to it. Um, and when I started playing, I seen Rep Direction players when uh, you know, Dixie McNeil and Jim Steele and all that Paul Comstiff thought they were gods. And then when I was actually able to go, my dad would take me to a game on a Saturday and they were within touching distance. It was just like, wow, this is, this, this is huge. And then you've got to have the bigger picture again where you've got your Liverpools and your Man Uniteds and your Real Madrids. And it's like, wow, this is... This is something that I want to be, you know, involved in. Mm. And luckily, I was. Luckily, I made a, um, a decent, a decent career. Not as much as a player, but definitely, you know, a, a, as a coach. So mm. for me to still be involved in it and doing what I'm doing, it's uh, yeah, I'm so lucky. Well, that's a perfect place to end. Uh, honestly, mate, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. As I say, we won't keep you too much longer because, you know. You've got to go to work, so I don't want to be getting in trouble. Um. <laughs> it's fine. i got a few more minutes, so if there's anything else, I'm going to grab myself a little coffee and then go and teach kids to do uh, step over. Uh, was that a slight <laughs> dig that got you out of bed early, that? <laughs> What's that? Was that coffee a slight dig that got you out of bed early? No, I'm just a coffee addict. I need three or four a day to keep me going, so... Oh, no, I know what you mean, mate. I know what you mean. Um, no, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Guys, make sure to check Tony out on Twitter. We'll put his links and stuff in the video. Uh, the Wrexham text and check it out, especially if you're from Wrexham. Some awesome stuff to see there. Um, check us out, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. I'm back on the radio soon, so if you want to hear me talk some rubbish about football, then you know where to find goes. me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Tony. No problem. Stay safe, boys. See you soon. Come on, Rexham! Mm. <laughs>